welcome back to In the Booth, a podcast by the Frederick News Post. My name is Jillian Atelsik, and I cover education. In this series, I'm sitting down with each of the 16 candidates for the Frederick County Board of Education. This is a much more crowded field than we've seen in many years, and there's been a pretty unprecedented amount of money poured into the race so far. So we thought it was important to sit down with everybody and ask them about their ideas for Frederick County Public Schools. Today, my guest is Olivia Angolia. Olivia is a member of the Education Not Indoctrination Slate, and she said she decided to run for school board because she wants to start having a family, but she's concerned about FCPS's policies around teaching race and gender. Hope you all enjoy the conversation. Make sure to check back for more as we finish up in the next week or so. Don't forget, primary elections are July 19th, and early voting begins July 7th. All right, today we have Olivia Angolia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Where are you from? I am from Frederick County. Um, I've lived here for over 20 years, and currently I live in Middletown with my husband. Gotcha. And what's your day job or your professional background? So I have a background in business management. Um, I'm familiar with hiring, marketing, and budgeting, um, and I've been doing that for about five years. Okay. What kind of business do you manage? I would prefer not to say. All right. Um, Have you ever run for any kind of public office before? This is my first time. What made you decide you wanted to do to do this? Um, so this specific office, uh, my husband and I would love for our future children to attend FCPS, but we are a bit concerned with the current direction of public education as it stands right now. Um, I would like to get back to strictly academics and allow children to be children and to not teach divisive and inappropriate subject material. Um, I would also like to expand vocational opportunities within FCPS. I believe aspirations in the STEM fields of study are wonderful, and they should continue to be encouraged, but not at the expense of other career paths such as plumbing, construction, or mechanics. All right. So you said you were you had concerns, um, and I've been following your campaign and the other folks who you're running alongside. Um, can you be a little bit more specific? What kinds of things were you seeing or hearing? Like, was there one moment where you decided, oh, this is something I'm, I'm going to do? Or was it a combination of things? Uh, sure. So uh, my husband and I started having conversations about um, family planning while the schools were closed and they were in virtual learning. Um, just hearing from other people around the community as well as seeing in the media um, what children were being told in regards to uh, police, for example, um, and critical race theory becoming prevalent in public education, um, teaching children that if you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're a person of color, you are oppressed. I believe that's teaching racism. I do not think that is correct to instill into the future generations. And had you had conversations with people in Frederick County specifically, or are these more national concerns that you're talking about? Yeah, so I have a couple of friends who, um, they're younger families, um, and they were talking about, well, are we going to homeschool? Are we going to put our kids into this system? And we were having the same conversations, and so I decided that I wanted to get involved and try and make a change. Um, And then, of course, shortly after that, I met Cindy Rose, who has run a few times before and is very familiar with um, the workings of FCPS. She was speaking at a meeting about um, some of the inappropriate material that were being taught specifically in Frederick County Public Schools, because I wanted to know if it was actually in this area before I got involved, and she made it clear that it was. What do you mean by it? Um, critical race theory, viewing everything through the uh, lens of equity and race. 
All right. Well, so what do you see as the most important issues of your campaign? If you had to kind of highlight a few things that you're running on or a few things that you would change if you were elected, what are the, the main themes that you see there? Sure. So we just want to get back to strictly academics, reading, math, writing, history, and science. And we want to leave the more political and ideological topics for the parents to deal with at home. Um, and we just want to teach children what they need to succeed in the world and in life. All right. So switching gears here a little bit, um, FCPS is getting ready to hire, or it has hired, is getting ready to um, welcome a new superintendent, mm -hmm. the first new leader that we've had in over a decade in FCPS. So how would you plan to work alongside Dr. Dyson in that transition period? And what are some ideas or thoughts you have on, on things the district might be able to change or do better as it sort of enters this new phase of leadership? Because this is a pretty big change over there. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm really looking forward to working with Dr. Dyson and seeing what kind of new ideas that she can also bring to the table. Um, one of my so, it's, of course, with any change in leadership, it's going to be a period of adjustment where we're going to need to get to know each other and see, you know, how we kind of work together. Um, I really believe the improvements should focus on the transparency of the relationship between board and superintendent. I do not think conversations should be held without the entirety of the board, um, at least their knowledge of that conversation. I know that... There have been some questions specifically about the DOJ investigation, Dr. Albin being aware of that going on, and some of the board members saying, well, we didn't know. We didn't know this was happening. I don't think that that should ever happen. I think everybody should be aware of what's going on, and they should be held accountable um, for that knowledge or lack thereof. Um, I'm also really hopeful that she understands the importance of our SRO program because I know that in Montgomery County that they were having um, some issues with that. And I'm looking forward to working with her to actually expand that SRO program and make sure that we are really focused on school safety. How would you expand the SRO program? Um, so actually, we did an event with Sheriff Jenkins, and he spoke to the fact that our schools are not all under like a uniform um, uh, plan for school safety. It differs throughout the system, and I think it should be a universal policy, and I think we need to make sure that every school is complying with that policy. Okay. So by policy, do you mean um, like the same Number of officers at different schools, like hiring more officers. I'm just trying to understand what your vision is. So I know you don't have every specific sure. nail down yet. But. Sure. So I would definitely like to expand the SRO program and add officers to the schools. I know that that might be a little bit difficult because Sheriff Jenkins says that he doesn't necessarily have them. Um, but as far as just making sure that there is a concrete policy, a universal policy across all of FCPS and making sure that all schools are following that policy, I think will allow, um, I think it will allow our system to feel like they are fully protected, universally protected, rather than just certain schools have this, other schools have this. I don't think that's right. Okay. So you mentioned the DOJ investigation, which is another topic that I'm asking every candidate about. Um, if you were elected, what would you do to keep um, navigating the continued impacts of this investigation? I know it's something that's still being felt and talked about a lot around the community. Um, and what ideas do you have for improvements that might be able to be made to the area of special education in FCPS? Um, I think that we need additional training, especially for the special education assistants, because they're the ones that spend the most time with these children. Um, and I think that 
just in general, making sure that our special education students are receiving the education that they deserve, that every student deserves, that we need to look into expanding um, our resources and how we help them and how we teach them, specifically with dyslexia. Because I know that there have been parents who've been coming to the board for years now talking about how they don't have the proper system to teach these children what they need to learn, um, by phonics specifically. And... um, really just making sure that we focus a little bit extra on them because of the injustices that have been done to the special education community. All right. Um, Another topic that I think you you alluded to or you've mentioned briefly and I know you've been outspoken about is the um, changes to the health curriculum. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about your stance on that issue and on the way that the debate over the issue itself sort of played out at, at the meetings and in the community? Sure. Um, So I personally would not have voted to adopt the health framework. I do not feel that it is age appropriate, especially for the elementary level grades. Um, The public school classroom, in my opinion, is not the setting for subjects centered around sexual preference, sexual acts, or gender identity preferences. Uh, Many parents of different backgrounds, as you just noted, got up and spoke at um, the FLAC meeting as well as the uh, following board meeting. Um, they don't want their children to be taught this information in schools. And I don't think that it is the government's place, which let's be honest here, public schools are government. It is not the government's place to teach children things that their parents do not want them to be taught. Um, I believe that the current board said they are going to allow children to opt out until fifth grade. Um, I think children of all ages should be able to opt out of this curriculum. They are able to opt out. The, the opt-out option is available at every level for this for this part of the curriculum. Okay. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and I know there have been some concerns about transparency in the way that the curriculum was adopted. Um, what do you think about that issue? And if you were on the board, what would you do to kind of transparently communicate with the community and sort of open up that relationship a little bit more? Because it's something you've, you've said a couple times is important to you. So I'm wondering how you think that might be accomplished. Sure. Um, So first of all, I think that committee meetings need to be made available to the public as they are happening. Um, Instead of just the minutes, I think that they should be recorded uh, and put either available on the website, even if they can't be put on channel 18, and they can also be available for recordings after the fact rather than just reading it because things can be lost in words. Um, Sometimes you want to actually see it happening. Um, I also don't think that uh, consent agendas should be the way that the board moves is voting on things moving forward. Um, I think that in the interest of transparency, that it should be more specific what they are voting for, especially if parents missed that committee meeting. Um, parents are busy and they're not able to completely keep up with what's going on. And in the interest of that, I also think that we should be releasing um, – information, whether it's as a requested or regular basis to keep parents informed of the decisions made by the board and their assigned committees. So what do you mean by that? You mean uh, like emails going out or or a website? Because they do have a place online where it's it's regularly updated with the agendas and the minutes. But do you think, are you saying it needs to be better advertised or more accessible? Like what, what do you... What do you mean? Yes, I think it needs to be more easily acceptable, as accessible, I apologize, no and um, easier to understand, put into more layman terms for non-educators. Okay. All right. 
Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, another issue that is talked about a lot and I think is an important one to, to talk with these candidates about is staffing and staff recruitment and retention in FCPS. So that's been an issue all over the country. There's Public school systems are struggling to recruit the, the staff that they need and then retain them once they get them. And in FCPS, a lot of folks talk about um, or, or hypothesize that that could be made worse by the fact that pay for FCPS staff is comparatively lower than pay for or uh, an equivalent position in Montgomery County or, or Howard County. So we have a lot of people who live here but drive down to Montgomery County to teach or Howard County to teach. Um, so what are your thoughts on that issue and how, how would you try to mitigate it if you were on the board? Sure. So I think that if that is an issue, that it will be addressed in exit interviews with teachers. If that's what they're saying, that that's why they're leaving, then we definitely need to look into how we could increase that pay. Um, I believe that they they recently got like a 6.5% increase that they were talking about implementing, didn't they? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that that is adequate, um, personally. I've never gotten a 6.5% increase in pay at any job that I've worked at. Um, but I do understand teachers have been working very hard, especially for the past couple of years, and they've had a lot of adversity, and I do think that they deserve that increase. Um, but if there were to, if they were to say we need another increase, that's something that we could look into. Um, but I don't think that we should just assume that that's the reason that they are deciding to go elsewhere. Okay. So what other things do you think could be addressed for, for the recruitment and retention issues? If it's not pay, then what other ideas do you have about what might be causing it and what, what could we do about it? Sure. So I think it might have something to do with the work environment, to be honest with you. I think some teachers are uncomfortable with teaching the way that FCPS is asking them to teach um, through the equity lens, whether they're comfortable teaching some of this more sexualized material. Um as well as just feeling like they kind of have the freedom to teach the way that they want to teach rather than being told, like, this is the way you're, you're going to teach. Okay. So if you were elected, what would you do about that? Like, what kinds of changes do you think could be made to address that? So first of all, um, we do not intend to continue teaching through a racial and equity lens. And I think that that will make a big difference for teachers who are feeling that way. Um, we want to make sure that they have the adequate resources to be able to teach the way that they want to teach, the way that they were trained to teach because these teachers, they, they don't get into it for the money. I mean, like you said, they're not paid as well as they possibly could be. They're in it for the love of teaching. And I'm sure a lot of them do not want to teach divisive and inappropriate material to the next generation. So I think that that will go a long way towards making a difference as well as making sure that teachers are, and staff are not expected to keep secrets from parents about the students. Um, such as policy 443, which tells administration, you know, if you have a child who identifies a certain way and they don't want their parents to know, you keep that a secret from the parents. I don't think that that creates a comfortable work environment. All right. Um, another issue I'm asking some people about with staffing is um, the demographics of the staff and how it relates to the demographics of the student body. So the board had talked about, and the final budget isn't passed yet, so I'm not entirely sure right now 
if they're going to pursue this idea, but they had talked about an idea of hiring someone in the HR department to specifically focus on recruiting minority candidates, encouraging them to apply. Um, And I'm wondering what you think about that. The board says their goal is to um, slowly make it so that the, the teaching staff more closely mirrors the the student body staff which is there's a very big gap there right now Mm -hmm. um but i'm wondering if you think that that is a worthy goal and if not um why if so how you might go about it while i understand that they might think that that is a worthy goal and something that we need to be working towards um i've hired many individuals And I know that recruitment of talent is based on competency of the candidate and their ability to perform the responsibilities of that job. Um, You do this without regard to the candidate's race, ethnicity, religion, age, or gender. I'm going to assume that FCPS and its HR department is following these standard hiring practices set forth by the professional standard setters and following labor laws in place. Um, I do not think that that idea is appropriate. If you would like the information, I do have that. I'm happy to share with you what I've researched regarding the county population and the breakdown of FCPS staff and applicants. Yeah, so what what I was talking about is the breakdown between the current staff and the student body. So that has changed a lot over the past 10 to 15 years as the city of Frederick and some of the surrounding areas have gotten more diverse. Um, so it makes sense that the staff hasn't changed at the same rate because a lot of people get hired and they stay there for a long time. Um, but I figured given some of the things you had been saying earlier in the conversation that that would be your stance on that, but I just thought it'd be an interesting, interesting point. Um, okay. Well, let's see here. Um, we talked about transparency a little bit, um, earlier on in the conversation, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with the results of a, uh, survey that was done by the firm responsible for seeking out and hiring uh, Cheryl Dyson. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that that survey found was um, that levels of trust in the communication process and the the levels of transparency in the school system, they were perceived to be pretty low among teachers, students, staff. There's um, some pretty concerning scores there that the board had expressed um, they wanted to do something about. And you said something earlier when I asked you about transparency, about meeting with the superintendent um, and making sure all the board members are on the same page about the conversations going on there between the board and the school system. But what would you do to kind of make your work as a board member more accessible to the community at large? Like, what do you think is in your power as it relates to constituents to help with this issue of transparency? Sure. So I think from the get-go, rebuilding public trust is only going to begin when the board becomes accountable for current and past actions. Um, Like I said earlier, the special education population of Frederick County needs to be given extra special consideration considering the past injustices that have happened to them. And we should explore resources available to enhance and improve the special education programs offered to them. Um, I believe all leadership positions on the board and in the schools should be held accountable for the decisions made on behalf of our school system moving forward. I believe when there are serious concerns expressed by parents, students, or staff that they need to be addressed and fully investigated um, with no delay. Uh, When it comes to communication, as I said earlier, I think clear, concise, and 
timely information shared either as requested or on a regular basis to keep parents informed of decisions made by the board and their committees. Um, and like I said, made that make that a little bit more available and easier to understand for um, in layman terms. Um, I also think committee meetings need to be held at more advantageous times for parents. And I think that they need to be um, given a virtual option to attend or view while it's happening and have recordings for later viewing. Um, so you said this is your first time running for public office and that it doesn't sound like you have a background in education necessarily. Um, what have you learned so far during this campaign and through um, going to these meetings and kind of watching this process unfold? I've learned that there is a lot to it. There's a lot to running this system. And um, I do commend the current board for the good things that they've done running this system. Um, but I I, I don't think that it's appropriate for certain people who were involved with the DOJ investigation to be running for higher office or to be running for the same position again um, because the public trust has just been so diminished. What do you mean involved? Do you mean board members who were on the board when that investigation was announced? Sure. So, for example, the president is running for county council. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he has spoken and said that he was not aware of what was going on. Um, and if that is the case, then okay. That's why I think that we need to make sure that all board members are aware of all conversations or are present for those conversations. Um, and I just haven't really heard much of an apology or taking responsibility for what happened. Is that something that you would try to do if you were elected? Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I know this is a really crowded field. There's 16 candidates. Um, you are running alongside three other people. Um, and there's another group of four conservative candidates as well. So where do you see yourself and your fellow candidates on the slate fitting into this race and, and the landscape of it? Sure. So I think the biggest difference between ourselves and um, the other group, as well as all the candidates candidates in general, is that uh, we've been working together since July of 2021, uh, getting to know each other. We're ready to work on day one. We have a contract that is on our website, eni2022.org, that I encourage all of your listeners to check out. Um, we have a plan to implement that contract. We're not going to be spending weeks at the beginning uh, figuring out how exactly are we going to do this. We already know exactly how we're going to do it. Um, we've made promises to parents, students, and teachers that we intend to keep. Uh, we just want to give parents back their power over their children's education and regain the trust of the community through fiscally conservative and transparent management practices. Um, I encourage you to check out all of the candidates and do your research, but I think that's what sets us apart. Yeah, so I've um, interviewed the other members of the slate already, and they've all um, spoken about that contract as well. And you mentioned just now you said you have specific promises and specific plans as to, like, you know exactly how you would achieve them. Um, can you give me an example of the kind of things you're talking about there? Like, just, I mean, you don't have to walk me through every step of, of what your plan is, but something you want to change, and then what kind of work you guys have done to come up with a a specific plan like how do you how do you know how you would tackle that issue so for example we understand that the local board of education holds power over its local mu municipality um, we do not 
believe that the Maryland State Department of Education has any control over what the local board implements. Um, the framework, we're going to say no. We know we have the power to say no to the state implementing that framework. Some of the other candidates do not believe that they do, and they think that they need to negotiate. Okay, so you would bring it back for a vote and, and vote it down? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you talked about the slate and about your sort of broad ideas as a group, um, but you personally, can you tell me why you think your background or your professional experience lends itself to this role and why you think uh, voters should trust you as opposed to any of the other 15 candidates on the ballot? Sure. So I think trust is a hard thing to earn from people, but I'm willing to work hard to earn that trust. I think that your actions speak a lot louder than your words, especially in the world of politics. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my thought. No problem. Would you mind repeating the question? Yeah, just what is it about you, your skills, your background that um, you think should earn voters trust or, or convince them to vote for you? Sure. So um, I understand that I don't have a background in education. Um, however, I do have a lot of passion about restoring academics for our future generation. I think everybody should have passion about that. These children are our future doctors, engineers, lawyers, and I personally don't want a, uh, a doctor who's going to treat me differently because of my skin color or my gender identity. Um, I think that I can bring a voice to some of the younger families and newer families in Frederick County who are feeling and thinking a lot of the same things that I do. I think I can bring a lot of fresh ideas and fresh perspective. Um, and I also think that just being a graduate of the Frederick County public, sir, uh, public school system gives me a bit of an insight into the system itself. I know not everybody who's running actually graduated from FCPS, so... All right. Well, Olivia and Goya, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me.